Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. facing a third down and seven. Picked off by Jalen Mills. Mills stays in bounds. He's inside the 10 to the end zone. Touchdown. And we have that guy in studio. Final hour, fist pump time live on the fan cam, Twitch, and YouTube. So a couple years ago, we had Manny Sanders in here. Okay. And when Manny Sanders left, I said, okay, he's got a future in media. We had Gerard Mayo on a few years ago while he was prepping a Super Bowl commercial, and we were like, hey, man, this guy, there's a future there. I feel like we could have the same thing based upon our commercial break discussion with Jalen Mills, the Soto's very own, the Green Goblin. I have a problem with that. I'll get to it in a second. <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl champ and, of course, New England Patriot. Welcome in studio, man. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. What made you want to do this? Um... Kind of, kind of reached out to Bobby, man, and and um, well, I actually followed him because I seen you guys. You know how the Twitter feed is, you mm-hmm. know. Um, kind of seeing what you guys were doing, high energy. You know, you guys talking, talking some good stuff on here, and he reached, he actually reached out to me. Um, said that he seen I was trying to do some stuff in the community in Dallas. Okay. And um, I mean, want to talk some ball as well, and invited me onto the show. So talk about your Desoto ties. Yeah. Your, your DFW ties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm actually, um, I went to Lancaster High School. Um, throughout junior high, um, and then I transferred to DeSoto my junior year. Um, just a better exposure, you know, better school. Um, ended up committing to LSU from there, and um, I think just being from the southern part of Dallas um, and being able to relate to those kids yeah. um, is kind of why I really trying to want to give back. Who was the best player? doesn't have to be someone that we ended up knowing. Mm-hmm. Who was the best player or end team you faced in high school? Uh Best player. I kind of like when we're doing local radio when people bring up names that like you wouldn't know nationally yeah. and they're a local legend. Yeah. Uh, but someone that could have gone on and was big time, like someone who killed y'all, mm-hmm. gave you the business mm-hmm. or matched up evenly with you, being a pro yourself. Yeah. And Did the you play team. Kyler or are you too no, older? No, no, I didn't play Kyler. I didn't play Kyler. I think he was I think we it just just kind of had just a missed. schedule. Yeah. Yeah, we missed him. Um Man, 
there had to be someone who jumped out that was awesome. Samples, the receiver. We played them the second round in the playoffs. I hadn't. I probably hadn't given up a a pass over like twelve yards all season. We played him in the second round of the playoffs. He was the first guy who took me up top for like 30, oh. 35 yards. Who, who is Samples? Um, Rashad Samples. He played at Skyline. Oh. I think his dad is coaching that's, that's, now at that's, Duncanville. That's Reginald Samples' yeah, son. son. That was uh, <clears throat> he coaches at Duncanville. Rashad's actually a coach. I think he's at uh, I think he's at SMU now. He's at SMU. I think he's the receiver, coach, <clears throat> officer, coordinator. Maybe. Okay. Yeah, Rashad is known as like a like ace recruiter for yeah. colleges he's yeah. known as like top notch yeah when so i mean you think of a pass over 12 yards like yeah when did your recruiting <laughs> like really start start to kick off once i committed to lsu so i was a two-star like i was like under the radar type of guy and um my high school coach who went from lancaster high school to the soda with me he was actually my db coach my mentor now to this day um i kind of told him like man i want to go to lsu um, wasn't on their radar or nothing. And he was just like, they have this five-star camp every year in July to where they bring in all their commits. They bring in all the five stars from all, all around the country. And it's literally like doing one-on-ones for an hour and a half. Les Miles was there uh, at that time. Coach Cooper was the DB coach. John Chavis was the defensive coordinator. And they're just watching these guys go after it. And it's two sessions. The first session I missed. Uh, well, I didn't miss. I didn't do that well, you know. So you see guys getting offers and, and they're committing on the spot in the first session. And we drove six hours, man. I'm like, <laughs> damn, I'm down. Wow. I'm down. You know, my mom's there and stuff. And then, you know, you get an hour break in between. And then I go to the second session and I just cut it on. And then from that point on, they said, Les Miles, once you come upstairs, he said he want to offer me and I committed on the spot. Wow. Yeah. I know that you uh, just we we have a mutual friend Clay Mack. Yep. I know who um, you know played around here, high school played high school ball around here, yep. and yep. has you know made it his whole life to help train mm-hmm. you know DFW area DBs and stuff like that. Yep. You worked with him for a long time since when? High school, high school. So yep. so is that work that you've done with him and the way that he poured in the community? Is that where you said like, oh okay, I, I want to do that myself like yeah. i, I want to come back i want to help pour into the community was that sort of work that you have with clay something that like led you to yeah. to feel like you want to do this outreach 100 percent, 100 percent. i think um the influence that i have on um like i said the southern part of this community in dallas um and then knowing how to train you know like you said i've been with clay mack since high school i've been in the league eight years going on nine years now and you know just being able to give these kids you know a free game we didn't have um anybody you know, of any type of NFL statue, come back to the schools and 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 try to train or give game. Um, and I think I'm the best guy to do it right now. Who was your college and NFL mentor? Kind of the one you looked up to or took you under their wing? Yeah. Um, I would have to say, I can do coaches or players or it doesn't matter. Uh, player. Player. Okay. My first. It's crazy because I was. At LSU for the summer, really in a half. Um, but Tyron Matthew really helped me a lot. Wow. Right before, and like it was like right before the season, then he got dismissed from the school. Yeah. But um, what a freaking turnaround yeah. for him, yes. too. Yeah, right? Man. Off yeah, boards, man. Yeah. you know, red X, whatever yeah. the hell they call it, mm-hmm. red flag. Flag them. Yeah. Flag yeah. yeah. And then, man. He, he helped a lot before he got dismissed. Helped a lot with me, for sure. Before? Yeah, before he got dismissed. And then NFL? I would have to go with two guys. Um, still super, super tight with them to this day. Malcolm Jenkins and Rodney McLeod. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 
Now, you obviously have spent the last, we already know, in Philadelphia, won a Super Bowl there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're all very bitter about that, the, uh, <laughs> the Eagles Super Bowl. Um, but I, I'm, I'm curious, you know, you've spent the last three years playing in New England, mm-hmm. playing with Belichick. Yeah. We, we've all had this discussion in the room ourselves of, like, yeah. we're stunned. Like, a, a whole hiring cycle went by and, and Bill didn't get a job. Yeah. What, what did you think about just not only Bill deciding to, to you know, hang it up, basically come to that part in ways, but that he, he didn't yeah. end up, you know, getting a job this offseason? Um, I was stunned. I was. I really was. You're talking about a guy who's, you know, going to go down probably as the greatest coach ever, you know, a defensive-minded coach. Um, I mean, we were just talking about how complex offenses are and defenses are as well. So it's it's a it's a chess match at all times. So I, I was very stunned. Do you think he really calls it insta-face and <laughs> he does, snap bro. book? He really does, bro. He has no idea what's going on in the media. He really does. So he's not faking. He's that boomer. He comes in our meeting and he's like, hey, guys, we're not going snap facing Insta chat in this locker room. <laughs> <laughs> he really does, bro. I'm not joking. <laughs> Jalen Mills in studio here on the fan. So I, I, obviously because he's the GOAT, I wanted him here. Okay. Um, yeah. Even though we have the head coach on every Friday because I yeah. wanted – Someone to come in here and crack heads. And I just want to ask you a bunch of Belichick questions because okay. he is the GOAT. Yeah. So football knowledge-wise, yeah. is he really that much smarter and sharper than everyone else teaching the game? Yeah, I think it's more with him. Situational football, we go over it every single day. Two-minute, four-minute. Um, if it's Sunday, 11 o'clock before the game, um, he's out there, hey, guys, the wind is blowing this way. So – if you're at corner or you're at safety and they're throwing a go ball, the ball's going to drop inside of the number. Yeah. If you're on the other sideline, it's going to it's gonna travel farther. So you know once you see that ball in the air, you have to run a little harder. You might have to jump a little higher. It's like mm. he knows the little bitty nuances throughout the game. Yeah. Um, and like I said, situational football, we literally did two-minute or four-minute almost every single day. Now the knock. Really? Yeah. The, there's, there's two knocks on him. Mm-hmm. One, from the media perspective, yeah. he has to have personnel control, bad drafts. Yeah. But the other thing that I want to ask you about as a player is mm-hmm. that he's just, you know, he's 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 an ass. Yeah. And yeah. You, you can't, you know, Jay Glazer and, and some people we talked to mm-hmm. at the Super Bowl said, you can't do this with today's young player. That yeah. you can't have guys miserable playing for you. Yeah. That, you know, it's a dictatorship and right. this hard-handed rule right. doesn't play today. Right. What do you say to that? For one, um, if you can't take hard coaching yourself, for one, you know, when you're talking about today's players, you got these COVID kids coming out of college, they have these extra years, coaches can't talk to them, and then you come into a situation where you're playing for the Patriots and it's Bill Belichick. At the end of the day, he's won a lot a certain type of way. Yeah. You know, um, and you can't do nothing but respect it, you know, Um do you agree, though, that the new player, Brandon Cook, Stephon Gilmore, told this yeah. to our afternoon show, the new player is harder to coach? Yeah. And, right, you've been in nine nine years. Yeah. But the new kids coming in, you got to yeah. treat with some kid gloves? I think so. Some of these guys are a little different. I, like I said, well, eight years going on nine. Um, but, um, Sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Um, <laughs> you, see, you, see, you see these young guys come in this locker room, and, you know, they might make a mistake, and coaches yelling at them, and, it's either you're getting an attitude or you're getting a shell. And now us as veteran guys, you got to tell them, hey, man, you made a mistake. Coach is coaching you up. It's not – don't listen to how he's saying it. Listen to what he's saying. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Yeah. 
they'll listen to the yelling at me, man. He yelling at me, man. I'm a grown man. Yeah, we're all grown men. But at the end of the day, his job is also dependent on your job. How you how good you do is gonna depend on if he can feed his family as well. Do so you think like sorry, Chop, the Patriot way, the yeah. culture is like kind of an outdated yeah. thing in New England versus other places in the league? Um when I Bill think, was under Bill's watch. Yeah. I think it's it's different cultures. You build different cultures in 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 every every team has a different culture. And I think that culture was built there for a certain reason. Um and Going there, getting drafted there, being a free agent and going there, you have to know what you're getting yourself into. You know, the culture here in Dallas is different than New England. The culture in New York is different than the one in Philly. You know, so I think it's just more about embracing it more than trying to say, oh, I don't like this or I don't like that. It just, I mean, it's hard work. So the players, you think they're more sensitive or they're play, the spot they're the most sensitive would you say it's in that film room day after a loss? Maybe is that where the is that where it hits the most for them? Definitely, I think <laughs> I think the I mean, and I've been I've been through it. Um, you have a bad game, and as soon as you get to the locker room, the media's like, "They're on you." Mm-hmm. You don't want to talk to them. You just want to get out of that locker room as fast as possible and 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 go to your family. But at the end of the day, you guys have a job, and we have a job, and. You, you got to talk to the media when you're having a bad day just as much as you want to talk to them when you have a good day, when I have two picks and a right. touchdown. Hell, yeah, I want to talk to you guys. But if I've had a bad game, well, at the end of the day, I have to be a man about it and talk to you guys as well. What's the most misunderstood thing about Belichick? Or the biggest surprise when you tell people? Um, He actually is a cool guy. <laughs> actually, really? outside of football, I've heard he could dress like he dressed. I heard. I heard. I was like, if he wants to dress up, he can yeah. dress. I don't know if that's true or not. He, Have you seen he pictures? Got, he got a couple. He got a couple suits. <laughs> <laughs> he's a, I mean, he's an older guy now. Like, don't yeah. get me wrong. He got a couple sharp suits, but um, I think outside of football, like when, when we cross those white lines, it's business. It, you know, his it is what you see on TV. That's Belichick. But um, outside of that, like he'll joke here and there. Um. Um. So he's he actually he's a pretty cool dude. You uh you guys have uh you were with the Patriots last three years twice yeah. played the Cowboys specifically this past year played them with the new offense and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. When you guys were game planning for him, like like what's the book on the Cowboys offense yeah. like when you guys were playing for him what what is thing of like man they do this really well this is how we got to approach them how did you yeah. guys look at Dallas's offense this year when you guys were game planning for them you have to start fast versus that Dallas offense on defense if you let them go up. Seven points, ten points, fourteen points, then you're gonna be in trouble. I mean, you guys know how the stadium mm-hmm. is in there. The and blow home. Oh, oh, right. sorry, 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 sorry. I done, I got in game mode. I, I, I'm visualizing. That's good. That's good. You get the, you get the blow horns, and I mean the fire shooting out of the, out of the, out of the stuff, and I mean it's going crazy in there, and it's gonna be hard to catch back up because that defense, you know, they're 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 making turnovers now. Now. They want to play pass and defense. Michael Parsons, and you had Bland and Diggs, and I mean Gilly was there. They're, you know they're they're creating turnovers. You know, so the biggest thing was on defense. Man, we need to get a three and out this first possession, and do not let them drive the field and score a touchdown. Are there obvious differences preparing for a Kellen Moore offense versus a Mike McCarthy offense? Um, Kellen Moore, he doesn't care if it's twenty-eight to seven with. Five minutes left in the fourth quarter, he's going straight to the end zone again. You mm-hmm. know, McCarthy was kind of more like 
28 to 7, four minutes left, game's over. Get a ball to the running back in the game. Nothing. Which ball. is which is a smart idea. Get your get your players healthy to the next week. So So kind of a game management situation of yeah. let's run it up versus let's melt the clock. You got the game one. Yeah. Finish the game but off. But nothing crazy different in terms of X's and O's, routes, scheme, motion, all that stuff. No, nah, I mean, you see it with the the top guy on the offense within C D Lamb from last year to this year. Granted, he did have a crazier year this year. Yeah. But I mean, if you're talking about production, he was still most productive person on that offense as far as when you're throwing the ball, you know. So I mean, they're still throwing the ball. All right, let's continue to pick the brain of Jalen Mills in Studio DeSoto's very own. We got to talk about his work within the community. He'll also answer some fan texts on the truckrack.com text line when we continue in studio here on the Home of the Cowboys with Sean and RJ. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. All right, let's really dive in now with NFL safety Jalen Mills, the Soto's very own. Give him a follow at Green Goblin in studio with us live on the fan camp, Twitch, and YouTube. Now, the green hair still right. cannot be for the Eagles. No. Okay. No, no, I was no. hoping not. So, it, it, it it's okay. Can I give you a rundown? You want me to give you a rundown? I have sure. came about? Yes. Of course. All right. So, as long as it's not for the Eagles, I want to no, hear no, as long no, as no, it no, takes. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I was a big, like in college, like big, like Dragon Ball Z fan, right? So uh, our bowl game, my last bowl game, we played Texas Tech in Houston. Um, and I wanted to dye my hair purple so bad. Like I wanted to be like purple, <laughs> like Super Saiyan, right? <laughs> so, of course, you know, I, it didn't happen. Um, I get to the Eagles. I do dye my hair um, green. And then, like, the green goblin, like the persona, how I play, the energy, the attitude, it kind of stuck. And like now kids are like spray painting their hair, right? Um, I go to New England and they're all just like same thing. Like, ah, oh, you can't, you know, green hair, you know, Philadelphia, whatever, whatever. And I'm yeah, like, bro. you still like the Eagles. No. <laughs> um, the That wasn't it. It was more of, bro, I have young kids now looking up to me. I have kids in Dallas dying their hair green. I have, you know, kids in the stands on the sidelines with green hair. Um, and then also it kind of turned into a thing. I lost my uncle in um, 17, or he was 18, to liver cancer. Wow. Liver cancer, colorful liver cancer is also green. Wow. Right? So it's kind of now, it was kind of more of the green gob- goblin persona and then also just keeping that green hair because – you know, my uncle, 
Also, yeah. why I wear number two. His name was Akutu. Everybody called him two. Wasn't a big football fan, but um, always watching it, bro. Hates football. Hates sports. He, <laughs> like, watches the news all the time, but everybody called him two, and then I ended up changing my number to two, having my hair green. So that's kind of like the whole story. Yeah. Awesome story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for explaining yeah, yeah, yeah. that. What was it like playing in Philly? Uh, it was tough, bro. Tough. Um, the, that media there, bro. Because you said growing up here in DFW, you yeah. know the cowboy pressure. Very well. Is it similar? How is it different in Philly? Yeah. I mean, it's it's really it's really kind of the same. You know, the expectation is high. Um, you won a championship. Like they won a championship. You know, Dallas. We won a championship here. But um, it's it's that pressure of going out and and really if you if you really just boil it down. Dallas and Philly are kind of the same as far as how the fans, they want guys to go out there every week and play as hard as possible. Yeah. Of course you want to win, but if you're going out there and, and you're and you're busting your tail and, and you're giving it your all every Sunday, they're going to love you. Do you find that their fans like in the game are more naturally like – you see a lot of stadiums, they, they, they try to get the fans up on the third down. But right. Like their fans are just more naturally into it on every single play. Yeah, I think so. It's a defensive. Along with Boston. Yeah, defensive city. Philly is. Mm-hmm. Ryan Dawkins, um, all those guys. They it's, it's so, when it is third down, they want that defense. They're on fire. First <laughs> and second down, doesn't matter whether it's third and one or third and 15. Like, it's time to go. Speaking of defense, yeah. uh, you told us in the break that you think we're going to be happy with Mike Zimmer here. Yes. Why? I think he's a guy um, who not only holds himself accountable, but holds his players accountable as well. Um, his defensive scheme is really, really good. Um, he's able to put guys in a lot of different positions to win. And um, I mean, I like Zimmer. He, he's, I mean, I've, I've, I've played against him before, um, been on the opposite side of it, but I think he, he's a really, really smart guy. He's it, a leader. One, one of the things that, you know, is talked about with Zimmer is they talk about the way that he disguises coverages yeah. and some of the stuff he likes to do with like double A gap blitzes and yeah. just some different things that, yeah. whereas Dan Quinn kind of just showed you static yeah. what he was going to do. Right. Just as a defensive player, how do you look at the pros and cons of both those things, disguising things yeah. and, and you know, trying to disguise things pre-snap versus just, yeah. hey, we're showing you a static look mm-hmm. and we're going to just worry about execution. So this this is kind of how I think about it. When, when, when it's a lot of disguising going on, it's you're going against a, a quarterback who doesn't really know what's going on. So we can go double A gap and make it look like blitz, drop everybody out. Now he's Mike Chick, one of these guys in the A gap, and now you got a guy like Michael Parsons one-on-one now, right? Or we can go double A gap and we blitz both those guys and you may drop a guy over here and the quarterback knows that the blitz is coming and he's trying to throw this hot rod on the backside and now he's throwing it to a drop coverage over there and this, now your play's being made. But there are guys where I've played where I've played a Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers and sometimes those disguises, they'll get your head bust <laughs> because they know the game. They've seen it so much to yeah. where – you do have to just line up, and it's like, hey, it's mano a mano. It's one-on-one. My corner's one-on-one. My safety's one-on-one. It's tight end. All of my D linemen, we're all one-on-one. Somebody's going to get, of course, double team. But now it's our guys are better than your guys. And it comes down to that sometimes, the third and five play to win the game, and it's all man-to-man, and you know it and we know it. So I think it's kind of – it's it's an up-and-down situation with it. But um, 
disguising definitely helps now with, with defensive scheme for sure. As a defensive player, Jalen Mills in studio here on Sean, RJ, and Bobby. Is it almost a fact that you should have motion on your offense? Yeah. Uh, it's more difficult for you to defend? Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, we were just kind of talking about it, motioning from – Starting the formation into the boundary and motioning it back to the field rather than just lining up your three-by-one formation to the field. And then now the, the defense can dictate and they can get to their checks and here and there quick. Rather than if you have a motion and you might have a defense who can't communicate that good. Or you might have a defense that, you know, now now a big play is happening and they have to go to the sideline. They was like, Coach, well, they did this and this and this. Like, we didn't see that motion before. Yeah. Or like we was talking about San Fran, what we call is build the formation. They may come out in a three by one bunch, and now they motion a the guy over here. When really they really want to get to a two by two formation, but mm-hmm. they gave you a, a three by one bunch, and they know that you're gonna check something to that three by one bunch. Now it's motion over here two by two, and they know when you get to this two by two formation and to this to this boundary, you're gonna call a certain call. Now they got you. This is a question we got uh, from the eight one seven. It's one that I mean we ask. Mike McCarthy and other people, but it's it's good to ask somebody outside the building too. When you're game planning for Dak, yeah, at what do you look at and say this is what he does really well? Like this mm-hmm. is what we have to be most cautious with with yeah. Dak specifically. And you can't say throw an interception in a big spot. Stop <laughs> it. Exactly, exactly. Um, I would say just lining up stagnant, like how we just kind of saying just just lining up playing defense. Man to man, press corner on the backside, safety down. The the scheme is too good. The 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 offensive players that you know whether it's running or or passing the ball are too good, and he gets to his checks. Now he's gonna fry you. You have to show it too high. Make now it's on the snap. We're going to one high. Show one high. You know on the snap we're going to two high. Trap the corner on the backside, have him off on the snap, roll down, put the safety over the top of him. Give him something to where now he thought he seen something. He has to pat the ball, and now he has to go through his reads. Like, that's defensive scheme. Like, you can't just like – we talked about it. The, the scheme is too good. They're going to run the score up on you. You have to make him hold the ball for a split second and think. Does he catch too much heat? I think so. I think so. Um I watched that last playoff game versus Green Bay. Um, I mean, we always talk about ball security. Um, I mean, as a team, any team should talk about ball security. You know, the the life of the of the team, whether it's on defense, you intercept the ball, and you see some guys fumble, and they give it right back to the offense, or the offense turning over the ball with this interception or a fumble by a guy. But um, I think when there are big games. Of course, you want your quarterback to win the game. Yeah. But you also need defense to take the pressure off him as well. I, I want to ask you about a couple of NFL trends yeah. and see if you think they're stupid, they're legit, the yeah. way the game is going. The first is that the devaluing of your position yeah. and the linebacker. Right. What do you think about that? Yeah. Now, we're never going to have Emmett Smith come in here and admit that it's right that the running back position is devalued. But yeah. Your position and linebacker are kind of that running back discussion right. on the other side of the ball. What do you think of it? I, for one, and and this could be a biased opinion. Could probably. <laughs> <laughs> Outside of playing quarterback, I think the second hardest position is cornerback. Corner. 
Yes. Okay. Corner for sure. Corner. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but as far as safety and linebacker, especially deep in the season, when it start getting cold, you know, it's almost like playoff time. Yeah. Teams are running the ball. Your strong safety's in the box. He's technically a linebacker now, fitting those run gap schemes and 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 how teams are gonna attack you within the run game, pulling the guard, swapping the tight end back, motioning the guy here to where now, you know, it's it's a bigger formation rather than how it started. I think it's it's definitely um it's needed. Um and, and I mean it's wanted all the way around the league. Do you say corner because like if you make a mistake at like strike up the banker, right? Yeah. If you make a mistake at corner, it's six. If you yeah. make a mistake at linebacker, there's some help behind you. Is that why safety's behind you? Yeah. You see, a lot of times a D lineman can get out of his gap. Uh, um, a linebacker can shoot the wrong gap, and the last person you see is the safety behind you. And if he misses that tackle, yeah, the the D line and the linebackers might get heat in 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 the locker room or in the film room. But at the end of the day, us the media, the fans, all they see is that safety missed that tackle and that running back has went for 40, 50-yard touchdown. The next one is the run game. Yeah. These two, call mm-hmm. me the old dinosaur, not just because I drive the speed limit, but <laughs> I wanted McCarthy. Mm-hmm. I wanted the Cow- I believe the Cowboys in key critical moments cannot stop the run yeah. and cannot run the football. Right. Is, that, is running the football prehistoric, outdated. Talk about facing the run, the importance of it, it being overrated or yeah. underrated yeah. in today's NFL. It's essential. I mean, how many times, how many quarterbacks have we seen just go out there and throw 60 passes a game? You know, Tom Brady. Yeah. Um, you're usually losing. Drew Brees. You know, we said Aaron Rodgers. You know, you're usually Losing if you're throwing that much, yeah, right. So when 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 you're talking about running game, I mean, we just seen San Fran in the Super Bowl, right? That's how they got there. Baltimore was almost there, mm. running the ball right before the Kansas City game. Lamar Jackson had uh, what 100 rushing yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, mm-hmm. you see what I'm saying? So I think that's how they beat Houston. That's when when you're able to physically run the ball and impose your will on a team and they know, hey, this is a run formation. They're running the ball <laughs> and they're still getting three, four, five yards of pop. And as a defense, we know that they're running the ball and we're sitting there and we're smashing them in the mouth and it's tackle for loss or it's a gain of no or it's a gain of one or a gain of two. Take that run. Take that run stuff out of here. <laughs> Sorry, I got in football he mode again. Bro. I, get in, I get engaged, bro. I tell you, this, I'm serious. Take that run stuff out of here, bro, and pass the ball. So I think it's, it's it's essential to be able to run the ball and stop the run. Does it make a difference to you? Like, it's it's a clear difference when you're taking on a physical team that week yeah. versus a finesse team. Hundred percent. And you're like, I don't not looking as forward to the physical one. Not me, but <laughs> um, there are there are teams that are like that. Because now when you're able to run the ball and you're able to do it at a high level within the game, now you're able to run play action. Now when we're able to run play action and we're faking this run on first down because we've had two, three, four first downs on on a single run plays before, and now we're able to bring those linebackers in and now the middle of the field is wide open. Now you get those 15, 17-yard pops at a time. And then you get right back to the run game again. It's crazy. You're a free agent. Talk yeah. to us about a fit that 
you would like to see happen for you yeah. with your skill set, the things that you're looking for? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think me. You want to keep playing? Of course. <laughs> yeah, of course. I want to I wanna actually play. I've seen guys, um, Malcolm Jenkins, I think he played 12 years. McCourty played 13. I think I want to do 13. Um, body still feels good. I feel young. But I think for me, being a strong safety, being able to be in a box, something kind of that I did my last year in Philly, and then I kind of did a little bit this year as well. But being able to cover down on the tight ends, being able to be in a box, blitz, you know. Um, but I also I'm able to, because of my corner background, I can play in a slot. Yeah. Um, you don't want to go the Jamal Adams route. <laughs> I want to be a cover safety that guys are like, hey, if, we're, if, if it's the wrong personnel, and it kind of happened this year, if it's the wrong personnel and we have our safety out there, we can put them on the slot receiver for a down and we'll be good. Yeah. Let's talk about, again, uh, the community work that you're doing, right. how people can get involved in it, yeah. follow you for all of it yeah. uh, uh, here in the Metroplex. Yeah, I think um, uh, I'm just I'm just out here trying to give back, man. Um, train a couple young guys out here, give them some free game. And um, I've actually already reached out to um, DeSoto High School and, and Coach Mathis, and um, we're going to get going in, I think, uh, like a week and a half. Um, trying to do a couple more schools, more on the southern section because there are a lot of great trainers on the northern se- in the northern section of Dallas. Um, so you know whether it's my old my other old high school Lancaster High School, um, whether it's Carter, Desoto, Sock, man, guys, man, reach out to me on social media, man. I, I'm trying to trying to get it going. Well, your Twitter account is very entertaining. Yeah, uh, we didn't <laughs> even get into the tight end debates. Right. You're looking for the great pickleball runs around here. Yes, I am. Uh, of course, Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. If anyone wants to talk it with you, we don't Dragon have enough time. You're welcome back in any time. Yeah, of course. We definitely don't have enough time. Thank you so much, yeah. and come back whenever you'd like. Yeah, man, thank you. Jalen Mills, only yeah. two dump buttons here. He is. Um, as Belichick talk like that. Belichick teach him that mouth. Crosstalk with KMC after this. Irving. Allen sticking right with him. Kyrie. Tachich. Open three. What a game, and what a couple segments there with Sean and RJ and Jalen Mills from DeSoto. Cool, cool dude. But the city of champions uh, are in the building now. Uh, Mike walked right in and said, is it all right the city of champions is greeting you now to Jalen Mills, NFL safety? I, I do love that Cedar Hill, and I'm not trying to take a shot at Cedar Hill, but it's this kind of is. Like in are. the 80s and 90s, Cedar Hill was a podunk country Ooh. little town to us in like Duncanville and DeSoto. Now, Cedar Hill has become a lot bigger and they have state championships too. And I'm pretty happy that they do because there's kind of that Duncanville, DeSoto, Cedar Hill kind of triangle that we're all very proud of. And Duncanville and DeSoto have been a rival, I'm going to assume, since about the 60s or 70s. But it's been that's a big deal for Duncanville and DeSoto to always have bragging rights mm-hmm. uh, in that small area. Do those schools take kids like, like redistricting and stuff? Like, could you live in one and go? So I won't give my friend's name. It doesn't matter. They're 45, 46 years old. So, so if you had up. parents that were divorced, there was a good chance oh. maybe one of them lived in DeSoto and one of them lived in Duncanville. Mm-hmm. So if you were a good baseball player, you said, all right, I take my parents' address in Duncanville. If you were an average baseball player, you said, well, I'm not going to make Duncanville's team 
or I'm not going to play. I will go to DeSoto and be a good player there because I can't play at Duncanville. There's too much competition. And I'm not trying to take a shot at people, but that's just how it was. So one of my best man in my wedding, one of his parents lived in DeSoto. One of them lived in Duncanville. He went to DeSoto for middle school and junior high. When he got to ninth grade, he went to Duncanville. He was drafted uh, out of high school. He got a scholarship to Texas A&M, played three years at Texas A&M, and Steve Scarborough made it to AAA uh, with the Milwaukee Brewers but did not make it uh, to the major league. So that kind of stuff would happen. There would be opposites where people would be at Duncanville and transfer to DeSoto because they lost their job because a kid from DeSoto transferred to Duncanville to be at a better baseball program. So Speaking of which... Jamie Moyer, that was fantastic yesterday. He was like Jalen Mills, but talking baseball, the just just the inside of it. That was good, I, very good. I want another. It was a compliment hour for Jamie, least. not you, Corey. I, it's like I was part of the damn show, Sean. Corey, <laughs> since you're part of this show today, f yeah. What are you excited about coming up on the show today? Well, I think I might have just added something. This Tim Duncan quote about playing against Jokic, and he was like, "I played him after I was me and before he was him," and I just love that line. Yeah. Uh, so we might get into that a little bit of that today, uh, but we do have masterpiece of the week coming up at one thirty. I'm excited about that. To your point, my dad got to face Hank Aaron, but he said I didn't get to face Hank Aaron. Yeah. He faced him on the Milwaukee Brewers, and he said it was he had to cheat for fastball. So if you knew he was cheating for a fastball, you could throw him a slider. And he was he just didn't have the same bat mm-hmm. speed in 1976 that he probably did from like 56. 50 <laughs> from yeah 54 to like 72 ish. Yeah. You know, should also should we break down the Rangers lineup for today's Cactus League game? Oh, oh baby, as. The order is very interesting, Mike. Okay. It is very interesting. I'm excited to hear about that during the KMC masterpiece. Now, (laughs) the highlight, Sean, was of the Mavericks ending the game with Kyrie passing to Luka for a top of the key three to shut the door. They're not coming back. This game is over. What do you think right now? It's one game after the All-Star break against a, a playoff contender in the West, what do you think of these Mavs right now? Maybe your championship proclamation isn't. Oh, no, I'm not yeah. going to go that far. Uh, they're top five team in the league. Tim Legler said four that they're the fourth most dangerous championship threat. Look, <laughs> they're fun. I mean, I'm intrigued if they if they take on what Kevin just sounds like he's like waiting for a fight to break out, but he's the one that's kind of egging it on. He's like, oh, <laughs> if they take Ooh. on Minnesota or OKC, I will not be booking vacation for right after that series is done. They're fun. They're intriguing. I love Gafford lively. I know Hardaway's not playing well right now. Luca is going to do whatever he wants any given night. We saw Kyrie in the second half. Hopefully, P.J. Washington can play like Grant Williams one day. Hopes and dreams that that can happen. They're fun, and right now they look very, very dangerous. If they play OKC, it's in the bag. In the bag. Why? You can't win a series with a guy from Canada as your top player. Oh. Can't well, didn't that. Steve Nash do winning at times? No, not really. As a matter of fact, he but didn't did he win. Yeah. As a matter of fact, he never won at all. He didn't win at all, and he never made it to the NBA Finals. But Loser. he did win in the first round a lot. Yeah. More than Dak. Um, oh, Dak. So, see, that's what we're talking oh, about. That Canadian, Mike, no reason. That Canadian. 
Dak, when Dak got a first round bye, that's All a right. playoff win. Uh, Didn't you see David Moore with the hit piece for Jerry, the henchman, say they don't have to resign him? You see that story yesterday? Yeah, right. Wasn't it's Steve true. Western Canada? That's a totally different Canada. Okay, okay. Totally different Canada. How many I'll provinces can you name? I don't know, all of them. Go. No way. He's a beast. Newfoundland, uh, Prince Edward Island, Nova Maybe. Scotia, <laughs> Quebec. Ottawa. Uh, that's Brazil. a city. Uh, Ontario, Manitoba, Saskatchewan. Look at that. Uh, let's see, you've got uh, Alberta, uh, British Columbia. Uh, you got the Northwest Territories. See, AT&T. Nunavut. Nunavut is another one. AT&T knocking out all Gen Z's maps. Do you think? All right, Bobby, you have fun with this type of stuff. Sure. Do you think Canadians? Oh, oh gosh. God. I'm probably that, not the one to hit with this question. When they, when they traveled from, let's say, I don't know, Europe. Sweden. And they got to North America. And they kind of hit the upper part of North America. Thank God, this is cold, and it's cold almost all the <laughs> yeah, time. They landed there in July. Do you let's think? Be fair. Yeah. Do you think that they were too lazy to go? Hey, let's travel south and see if there's warmer climates in this region that we haven't no. discovered yet. Same thing as here. They a hundred percent settled Texas in October. Right. Zero yeah. percent chance they settled Texas in July. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was just uh, like I mean, after all that travel and then if it's freezing like you may just feel like you don't have the energy to move you may have just been yeah. stuck there it was like let's camp out and I, I guess we'll we'll just settle here can you imagine this i know my grandmother who has long passed away they moved from connecticut in well, the i think late 40s early 50s approximately they didn't know how old she was either no well what? she was the ninth child and just born like at home you know in the early 1900s it wasn't like they kept great birth certificates back then even in the united states of america Mm. so she got here and for the first i believe two years they lived in oak cliff they didn't have air conditioning can you imagine living here since you said they moved in like october the people who started settling here can you imagine having a house in the 1950s or just you know having that house now our house was built in 1910 or 1911 i can't imagine living here for about three months of the year without an air conditioner you smell like choppy after his game last night no shower oh. i smell great a cowboy sure did it go did it go tremendous. great who won uh tarleton won yeah the one by what two three rushed the floor. Right. they rushed the floor come back win so was that a major upset it was a pretty big upset grand canyon's a team that's like uh they're probably a, they were a bubble team going into last night. I think they're off the bubble now, but they're still going to win the conference, so it doesn't matter. But they had a chance, even if they won out and lost the conference championship game, there was a chance they could still make the tournament. I don't think that's the case anymore. I want to play okay. for you guys, uh, uh, for you, Mike, a basketball observation from Choppy. We had some of his clips and calls. Oh no, which one's this? Uh, this is about rebounding. Oh, oh you got to be a leader. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Inside, Brennan, no good. Follow McLaughlin. He puts it back. And he's got to use his leadership here. You know, when you're down, he's a good rebounder. Take advantage of some size that you might have. Try to get some rebounds. Try to play physical underneath. Runner there for McLaughlin. And he's going to pull the Lopes back to within two. Back-to-back baskets. Using his leadership. Using his body. Using his skills. (laughs) He's kind of taken over here in the last minute and a half for them. So the next time you complain about the Mavs rebounding, Look for it's about leadership. Donis Haslam in I, here. I'll help you out. This was four minutes into the game. Okay. <laughs> I knew none of the players. <laughs> oh, I knew no. none of what they did. 
Uh, they were trying to take shots. I had no idea what was going on. I'm just like, you know what? Let me come up with the most idiotic, generic statement I could possibly make, and that's what you get. I thought I made some, some very salient points. Salient? Yes. Points. <laughs> I think he made leadership points. I, I, he got out at halftime. I was like, what were you talking about with the leadership thing? He's like, what are you talking about? I said, you said leadership, and that's why they rebounded. He's like, I didn't say that. I don't, I don't remember saying leadership one time in the first half. What are you talking about? He, he like, totally blacked out. Good. I'm assuming, Bobby, you watched and recorded? He's no, I, I, I was right oh, there. I was courtside. Look at his outfit. How do you know what he said? Because they gave us uh, oh, earpieces that we could monitor. I had the cowboy hat on and everything. Look at him. Look at that. Wow. Look at that. Hey, congratulations. Best. best color guy at the station. Hey, what uh, conference is that? Oh, whack. Dang. Hopefully you just start doing all the whack games. I'll do all the whack games. Whack, whack, whack. Bring me down to right. UTA. Uh, I'll do the UTA games. I'll do the Talton games. You looked like you were going to rob a riverboat last night, dude. I wanted to rob a riverboat. <laughs> yes. Well, I could definitely see let's that. Let's stay on time. <laughs> you got to go. Let's get Sean and RJ and Bobby to the weekend yes. and Peyton. Shave your mustache. Coming up next oh, on 105.3 The Fan <laughs> is the K and C masterpiece with Woo. Mike Bassick. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.